Hello and welcome to episode two of GameSpot After Dark, take two, actually. We tried to record this yesterday and I messed up. So here we are doing it once again, uh, but this is a special episode because the international offices are in town and we've got an interesting crew here for you today. Uh, my name is Jake Decker. Uh, we have Dave Jewett. Hello. Jess McDonald. Hello. And Rob Handler. He's not from an international office, but we brought oh, him no. in here to talk No Man's Sky. No, that's right. <laughs> You're from space right now. I feel like I'm from space. Yeah, yeah you've well, been I'm... in space until 2 a.m., right? That's right. I'm a, li- I'm a little dazed, so anything I say, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> I might be slurring or off, but yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, before we get started talking about what we've been playing, uh, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm the idiot from the UK office <laughs> that, uh, that you see make videos. Um, usually about strategy games, uh, massive Warhammer nerd, uh, currently working on some cool project video stuff that people are going to see in like October. So I've been in the background a little bit, but, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the, the vi- British voice of video features at the moment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Jess, how everything, are you? everything he said, except a su- sub in Australian. That's Even the Warhammer stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a secret huge Warhammer fan. <laughs> secret. You guys have never heard me talk about it, but yeah. What faction do you play? Oh, you know, all of them. Hard to choose. <laughs> They're all good. Um, I'm I'm quite well. I'm I haven't been out till two a.m. Up till two a.m. So I'm doing okay. Yeah. Living in the world of VR. It's exciting though. Yeah, the well, world. it is exciting. Does the real world suck now? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> and then, Rob, this is your first time on the show, but people probably will recognize you from the lobby. Uh, there's a lot of people who are like, finally. Ex-lobby fans. Yeah, ex-lobby fans. But just in case they're new, uh, tell us about yourself. I, um, my name's Rob, and I am currently manager of video production at GameSpot. I have been Unfortunately, dissing, distancing myself from content, but I uh, I love working with all of you people so much. So that's that's what brings joy in my, to my life nowadays, and that's about it, I guess. Cool. That's very nice. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> no, it's it's been different. I mean, I've been here for you know, like not to spend too much time on it, but I've I've been around for like six years and um, started as a, as a contractor, video producer, and am where I am now and I've really come to love everyone who I work with and so it's it's been fun. We love you too, Rob. Me too. I love you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll save that for the end. Good. Um Dave, what have you yeah. been playing though? Um I started my first ever Fire Emblem game in Three Houses, so the hype fully grabbed me and I I that game consumed me for a few weeks. Um as I was saying to you yesterday, a lot of my time has been, it's been like a rocky training montage of Super Smash Bros. Because I, I heard on the grapevine that the entire US team were god tier at playing <laughs> Smash. So I was like, damn, if I'm coming over there and we're going to play a few games, I have, to, I have to show up for the UK. I need to, you know, defend queen and country with, I don't know. When did you start this training regimen for Smash Bros? <laughs> <laughs> well, we play in the UK office like every uh, lunchtime. Um, and I, I, I hold my own against the UK team, and then I thought, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get one of the uh, Switch dongles and start playing online. Went home, and I got fully, disgustingly bodied 
by everyone <laughs> yep. online. Never play online. So so the oh interesting. The the good and also bad thing about online is that there's input lag no matter what. I feel like I've not had a game where there isn't input lag. It's slight, but it's still there, depending on your connection. Yeah. Well, I had some that was smooth, and then I played one guy um, who I'm assuming was Eastern European because his, his name was Cyrillic Alphabet, uh, and it was like playing a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> it was so slow, and he still bodied me <laughs> as Sonic of all characters. It was very shameful. Um, but uh, after playing with that lag and then going back to playing locally, it's like, woo, I am ready to go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, this is... This is sonic speed. You've been training with those weights on and then you finally <laughs> yeah. drop them. Yeah, exactly. Ultra instincts all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, Jess, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, on the Fire Emblem train like everyone else. Although I hear you guys got into that extensively last episode. Um, also my first one. Huge learning curve, but uh, that's a super fun game. Um, other than that, a little bit of Wolfenstein. Oh, nice. I Sort of picked up and put down. Uh, playing it in the office though, which is uh, so we're playing totally caught. Me and Australian editor Edmund Tran, and uh, you know it's like I I know that game has been like kind of middling as far as the review scores have gone. It's it's sort of got that. I kind of I like the tone. I think it's a it's a bit repetitive. The way you like opt in and out of missions in a non-linear way is interesting. I don't know if it's like to the good support of the story or like what they're trying to do but i don't know dave you were saying it wasn't your fave no it's uh it's it's just i think it's very different i think it's lost a few of the things that um made wolfenstein wolfenstein um for for me a wolfenstein game is like those really tightly packed and really well crafted levels yeah. really well paced in the combat um like it, it's it's quick, it's it's action packed, and you need to be you know switching weapons, reloading. Mm. It's it's in your face all the time. Uh, and the thing that really uh, I I started struggling with is the whole armor, light armor, thick armor thing. Right, I was not a fan of that either. No, it's like uh, why is a big bullet less effective against one of the Gestapo guys who's just wearing a vest? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not. That's the one thing that threw me off. Where I was, I didn't play enough to where I was hoping I would be able to. Uh, subconsciously switch between weapon types because that's what's asking, right? Where you see the ammo, uh, the armor type, and you know, okay, I got I got to mm, use this SMG, same, yeah. and so like you have to use a sp specific SMG to to take down someone. But I didn't ever know comfortably which weapon was the right one. So like in a heated gunfight, you're swapping through weapons like a frantic nutcase. Yeah. And it, yeah. it just, oh, not that one. Not that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that oh one. this is the okay. right one. And, oh, but I haven't got enough ammo. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, in contrast to something like Doom, the recent, uh, or I guess you could call it recent, 2016, uh, the the idea there, which was, which was like more... Uh, it was it was it was more deliberate that you would run out of ammo and then be forced to use weapons. So if this was a it, an attempt to like make you use different weapons, I find it a little br abrasive. I yeah. guess it turns some of the enemies into kind of bullet sponges as well, which kind of you you when when there's like the robotic enemies, you can kind of yeah, it's fine they're, they're robots. But when there's just Nazis in a in a soft cap, yeah, why why are they taking like thirty rounds? To oh kill? yeah. Also, the game doesn't have enough carpenter brute in it. You know, the, oh yeah, because that was in the trailer. That yeah, trailer was incredible sick. trailer. <laughs> I know, and it's like the best music for that setting in the game. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Yes, like one know. of my favorite artists I, in there." I watched it like 
freaking 50 <laughs> times for yeah. sure. I was so excited for this game. Finally played maybe an hour and a half or so. And I was just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to play this. I think what I'm going to do is look up the cutscenes though, because I do want to see what happens just in case that ties into three. Yeah. Because I'm a huge Wolfenstein fan, uh, at, le- at least the modern trilogy, I guess. Uh, Wolfenstein New Order and Wolfenstein New Colossus. So I'm super excited for three still, but yeah, uh, uh, old blood or uh, new blood, just young blood, young, young blood. blood, too much blood, <laughs> some of the blood. I don't know, so much blood. No, it, it just it, yeah, it just wasn't quite my thing. I do want to give it another try because I did yeah. play by myself. I didn't do co-op, and your co-op companion, your your uh, AI co-op companion, not the brightest. Yeah, no, not the brightest, not the best. From what I've heard, the um, the brother missions are a little better. I think I am been struggling mostly with the open world kind of pseudo exploring picking up random missions thing i have heard um that the brother stuff the kind of story pivotal missions are a little better are a little more of that Mm. well-crafted well-paced action level design sort of stuff that you recognize from wolfenstein so i think i'm just gonna brute force into those levels and be like okay Give me that experience and then see how how that works mm-hmm. instead of spawning into one area of the French metro and having to kill the same Panzerhund yeah. again and again. Right. Okay, weird. Well, that's one co-op game I was playing. The other co-op game I uh, played recently, I was in um, a like, day-long Borderlands 3 demo. Mm. Um, and man... That, that game is just like exactly what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more later. We're going to yeah. get into the details because, yeah, 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 you played quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, this is the final preview, right? And then the game launches yeah. soon. It's like Very super soon. Oh, wow. soon. Yeah. yeah. September? Yeah, yeah I think so. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but Rob, you were lost in VR. Oh, I was. What have you been playing? Oh, aside from that? No, you just talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I could talk about. I, I have been playing Twilight Princess for the first time. That's not oh. a good conversation, but yeah. no, that is. Right, it's just cool. It's, it's it's nice to play a Zelda game that I've never played. That's all. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the reason that you all came in horrible today. segue to No Man's Sky. Yeah, I played that game till about two a.m. last night. So for context, right? No Man's Sky Beyond, right, just came out yesterday. Yesterday. It came out yesterday, probably morning-ish. Yeah, and it added a series of like smaller features, plus it added a social space, it added some multiplayer missions, and 32, 16 to 32 player uh, multiplayer. I guess it depends on the platform. Or I wasn't entirely sure about that, right? But there right. is improved multiplayer, essentially. And what you've been doing, which, 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 which is VR. Yeah, so like I, I think the best way to describe what is going on with that game is like my, my timeline, I, I suppose, because... I started playing last night, actually, when everyone was still in the office around 6 p.m. and like booted up PS4 and did not play VR. But um, the 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 trailer they they showed right before this the Beyond trailer was <laughs> oddly enough compared to like their previous trailers, it was just what I gathered was like you could ride animals mm. and and a space station anomaly will be able to warp at your disposal and you can also milk animals i forgot to mention that <laughs> you can milk animals yeah that's in the like, patch notes like luke skywalker yeah. that's exactly what i was thinking the blue milk <laughs> that, that uh, was good in via <laughs> I, yo, i'll tell you this much I, I am excited to find out what that looks like uh but yeah so the a lot of it is like it's like this 
light MMO concept, and then the VR. I think that's the, those are the two kind of big things. Not the riding of animals. And I, I remember just that was shoehorned in the trailer. I remember thinking, oh, okay, I, I guess I didn't need this, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so last night, I like. Um, yeah, so I was playing in the office and like just trying to engage with this space anomaly. Again, it's a, it's a space station that's supposed to be like a like a multiplayer hub in a way with like all of your resources and all these new additions to the game. I mean, again, this is like what three years old now? Mm, Two twenty sixteen, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a lot they've added, and it's there's a, there's a lot to do with that game, um, and so I'm I'm imagining. In short, this space station has a lot of those resources, just like you going up to like like merchants or vendors or so forth. Anyway, so I called it up and I I landed, and it's a very cool spectacle of landing in on this thing, and I couldn't act, interact with anyone. This was like six p.m. yesterday, and I, I couldn't talk to anyone. Uh, you you tried to do the you know the hold like the destiny hold <laughs> on a button and let this dial spin and you're just doing that time and time again and nothing's triggering so i was like okay and then the game crashed <laughs> and then i went home cool. and yeah we, we you know we, we all got a couple drinks and then i went home and um booted it up on vr and i had in short a really good time there's like it's like a twofold thing right like what do you do in that game you're walking around and then you're flying a spaceship Flying a spaceship is awesome, and I feel like I should have known it was going to be awesome, <laughs> but it was still surprisingly awesome. Where I've played so much of this, of this, I've played so much of No Man's Sky, where you are, you're in a ship, and all you want to do is know where, uh, essentially target tracking and, and and motion tracking, right? You want to know where in a dogfight where your where your uh, nemesis is. Yeah. Now you can look around freely and just see where he is and pull your ship around to to line with your crosshair. If if you know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about, that's cool. It's so subconscious, and I've played a lot of VR like flight games where it was like, oh, this is amazing, this is perfect. And you can even like look out to your, you know, you can you like see all the dials and, and the dials stuff and, and the... like my the my engines spinning. It's like really mm-hmm. cool to look at where you are and. It's fun. It's so a lot. If if you like No Man's Sky and, and and you, the people who like No Man's Sky are there for the immersiveness, immersiveness, and being essentially lost in exploration. Like that's so native to a VR experience, mm. and they're they're totally doing it. Is it? Does it feel lacking at all? Because a lot of VR games come out and. There are features missing. There are, and usually it's just like technical limitations, or it's kind right. of an afterthought. Is it like pretty feature rich? So that's the thing. So so flight is perfect. Like like I I was so inclined to always be in a ship because it works so well just to fly around. And again, a lot of the experience of No Man's Sky is like landing on a new planet and entering a new planet, and it's so freaking per- perfect. That being said, I'm not a fan of the warping uh, on foot. Which, if you know a lot of this, the like hot fix, in my opinion, solution to VR is like, well, yeah, let's just warp you around. So here's a feature where you just flick the uh, left analog stick and just like warp to this position, warp to this position. That that throws me off as far as like immersion goes, and that's what you you want is like to be fully invested in like exiting a ship and being able to like explore and like yeah. you know mine and stuff. 
That's the um, thing they do to kind of minimize motion sickness, right? That just right. hopping from spot to the spot. And it makes sense. And it's like, it, it made me think about last night where it was like, uh, I, I get it. And eventually, in short, I, I was okay with the warping. I, I didn't like it at first, but it's like, all right, fine. What they're solving too, I think, is there is an etiquette with VR. We're like, also, when when I'm in a chair, so I'm playing PSVR, by the way, which is far different, I think, than, than other uh, VR platforms where that, like, I'm in a chair, a swivel chair. There were times where I was spinning around and tangling my cord. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you have to, I literally had to, like, pull off my glasses, be like, where am I? Where do I center? Because my, because my tracking isn't working unless mm. I am, like, facing my television, right, yeah. with the camera. Yeah, that's always been kind of a turnoff for me in terms of, like, those big VR games like Fallout. Fallout 4, I think, did VR, and uh, especially, like, Skyrim. As cool as I think Skyrim would be in VR, I don't know if I want to be warping around. Uh, but something interesting with the Oculus Quest, which is what I have, is that if you have a large area, you can pretty much draw out a play space, and you can walk around, and it tracks you in that area. I mean, the tracking isn't perfect because... It's only tracking through the cameras. It's not, there's no sensors or anything. But still, I think I'd much prefer that thing. Like I, I was playing that Star Wars VR game and before you start, you draw an area and it and feasibly, I think you could probably draw an area big enough to encompass that whole entire experience. So you could, in theory, not have to skip around. You, like you could just walk around, explore yeah. all these different areas, um, pick up different items without even having to use the teleport. Obviously, that wouldn't work with No Man's Sky because there's no, you <laughs> the can't like planet. draw out a play space <laughs> as big as one of those planets. But yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it, you made me just realize like um, even being chased by like an aggressive freaking dinosaur. Or <laughs> you <amp>. teleport. <laughs> you teleport. It's like you're just creating these like gaps. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like you're not actually being chased. You're just, and you can, and that's the thing is it's very generous of how far you can teleport. Where like previously, Here's a here's a steep ass cliff you can't climb. Well, I can just teleport right up that. Right. Where it, you start losing touch with like walking around, and I don't know. I I think in in general it's a slight, uh, I guess, issue or like qualm with like the VR experience. But again, like I, they did it right where the warping is very instantaneous. So it's like as long as you get in, into the rhythm, you're not mm -hmm. really thinking about it too much. Um, and and all the motion tracking for the most part was pretty great. Um, and I guess to to again to follow my timeline was like I was like, all right, I'm I'm gonna really try to do the on foot stuff, and I did that last night. And then I was like, all right, here we go. I'm comfortable. Oh, and the UI and all the stuff is really great too. Like it, like everything. That was all. Really, my only initial issue was was the was the warping. Everything else is really great. Like, very intuitive. Like you could see. Like all your quests and stuff, like it was fun. And then I was like, okay, let's let's bring up this MMO space anomalies space station, whatever what it was. And so you call it in, and I, I was unable to get triggered again, like the the um, hours before. So I call it up, and it's the same thing. I'm like, oh man, it's not working out. And then I went up to like the main quest giver that's directing you to like just like the uh, Artemis Jake, where like mm -hmm. with with next, which like you you are you get like a um, a call <laughs> you get a phone call <laughs> it's like hi how are you <laughs> you want to check out the space anomaly hi it's bill and so you what call are you doing for lunch <laughs> yeah so you call him in and and then it's like come talk to me on this on the bridge and so you go talk to him um 
And it was the same thing. I wasn't getting the trigger. It was like the full circle, like Destiny thing, where like it gets there, and it's not working. It gets there. So then I held it long enough, and this is probably a short fix. And then it triggered, and I was like, "Oh, awesome!" <laughs> and then he told me all this stuff, and it was great. And then, and then, almost immediately, people started random actual people started walking around me and stuff. Mm. And I started losing it last night. And I was like, oh, my God, these are real people. This is this is the no man's sky from three years ago, they promised. And I was like, so do they see you like teleporting around? They saw them? me and they're waving and they're doing all these emotes. But I have to be the only one in VR. And so like, oh. I'm panicking. So what I did, like a little kid, I go, I, go, I got a mic. Hold on one second. And I was like scrounging through my like room trying to find a mic. And I put it on. I was like, can anyone hear me? Can anyone hear me? And I couldn't get anyone to like talk to me. And that was honestly when I gave up at like 2 a.m. I was like, I'm done. I can't. Amazing. But it was really cool to see everyone walking around. And everyone's like, waving and like ships are coming in it was like that you know that space station you would imagine so like ultimately it felt like they're on to something mm-hmm. um i do i was reading I, I told you a little bit jake as i was reading some stories on like i guess apparently um other platforms like on steam vr is not great there's a lot of performance issues with like frame rate yeah. like when when you when you any anytime you do like a head swivel or whatever it is well, they, you're, you're losing frame drops they definitely led with the playstation vr for this for push. sure i feel like all the demos yeah. were on play all the previews were on playstation vr the ads yeah. i've seen are on playstation vr i didn't even know it was coming to steam vr i thought this was just a sony exclusive for sure being too. at least for a little bit i figured it just come to steam vr eventually but uh so yeah hearing that doesn't entirely surprise me a little disappointing but I mean, they're good for their word at this point, right? Like, you know they're going to figure it out. They've been with this game for three years now, like, fixing the mistakes that, or the things that weren't in it originally. That's so nice, though. Like, gosh, everything that has happened with that game between, like, everybody, I think, felt let down. There was so much negativity between the people who were playing it and the people who were making it who had to, you know, deal with the backlash. It's so nice, like, to hear that story that it's turning into, like, a positive experience Mm -hmm. that people are feeling good about after all this time and all that crap. Yeah, Yeah. I I was talking to Rob last night. I think their subreddit is one of the most positive, like, best subreddits. I'm so glad. At least that I subscribe to. And everyone is just so, so excited, so stoked. Everyone's talking about you know, uh, Sean Murray's like cryptic tweets about what's coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, yeah. They, a couple months ago, they bought a billboard near the office and just put like, thank you guys on it. So whenever they'd walk out, look out the window, they'd just see thank you from the the Reddit, their Reddit community, which is That's like, super cute. That's yeah, it's so, cute. it's so cool. It's, it's definitely a story I hope someone tells like of, of, yeah. of launch to now. That's what Jake and I were talking about last night. We're like this, Sean Murray in particular, right? Like, what, in 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 an, in another world, so he could have just ditched, right? Oh yeah, and, yeah. Took and, the money and, and run. run. They made so much money. You see and, that happen and, all the time. And just kept his head down. And you know, you you no one deserves death threats or anything like that, like ever. Mm. And that guy it felt like went dormant and just fixed a lot. And every update has been just like all these cool iterations. And now they're at like, and and that's the thing is like you know maybe or arguably one of the best problems to have with a VR implementation is slight frame rate problems. Like for the most part, like my experience was really great and this is just VR or sorry, PSVR, but like that's going to be really cool. It felt, (laughs) it felt really natural and, and like, Oh, this makes sense. Like again, it's, it's combining 
even at launch, I liked V. I liked No Man's Sky at launch. I really did. I, I, I it was a, is arguably like one of the most meditative games, like similar to Minecraft, where you just can lose yourself. That's so exemplified and 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 just brilliantly pushed in a VR experience where it was like. I, I remember thinking last night, like, oh my God, I could do this forever. <laughs> and luckily no one was in my house because I still have that like anxiety where I'm playing. I'm like, God, <laughs> I even feel like I, a couple times I heard like someone, something drop and I feel like someone's in my house robbing me right now. <laughs> but I'm just going to keep playing because I feel like if I take off my headset, maybe like they would freak out <laughs> and they would want to kill me. <laughs> See, I haven't played that game since launch and it was one that I really, really, really wanted to love. Um, I played it for like a couple of days and, and bounced off it a little bit. And yeah. I've, I've, I've been looking for an excuse to be like, every every time I see an update, I'm like, I should go back to No Man's Sky. Mm. And since you've been talking, I've been doing like the mental arithmetic of like, can I afford a VR? I've got a copy of No Man's Sky. Yeah, I just did I it. Get, I get back to the UK on Saturday. If I order it <laughs> now, it'll arrive at my doorstep. <laughs> so instantly I'm like, yes, I'm everything you've said, I'm instantly sold. And I think I need to go back to this game. And it's... And I, I I know why people fell off because I think a lot of it was it's just the it's the structure because it it's very it was at launch it was very heavy heavy handed in just do whatever you want to do and yeah. sometimes you don't necessarily want that and you want a checklist and I and I I myself definitely want that I feel like the things to do boiled down to like being a trader being someone who right like yeah. scans fauna. And now I, I feel like they've built out those roles a lot and added a bunch of new ones. Yeah, I mean, it, like, the main thing to do, like, if you wanted to, like, follow the main quest line was, like, building, like, new engine parts that would, like, mm -hmm. super warp you to, like, the further and further in, like, closer to the center of the universe. And that just involved making the same shit from smaller shit into bigger shit. And then, <laughs> like, you'd warp, and then you just have to do all that again, but the numbers went up by, like... 10 or 20 or 50 mm -hmm. and like because I was I was getting into it I didn't mind but it just felt it, once I realized it was just repetitive I was like even I don't know what's in the center yeah, of the universe but it shouldn't have been about that anyway it should be about what you are experiencing now so totally. uh, they, they did add a new story mode which I actually think is very good mm. it's it there is some grindiness to it like there is a point in the story I think there's two points in the story where it's like oh to progress you need to build this thing and you need to get these really specific things to build. In order to build that, you have to build a, a factory and you have yep. to... And that happens once or twice. And it is a little annoying. But the story they've added, I think, is really f***ing cool. Yeah, I never finished it. Because um, it, it's it's very subtle. It Like you were saying, it's basically just... Like, the, the whole game, right, is... Especially early on, felt isolating. And the premise of the story is that someone contacts you. And you're trying to figure out who this person is. And you kind of follow that signal to different systems. Uh, you follow that signal from different places. And it gets into some like really interesting philosophical stuff about what it is to be alone, what it is to be stranded, like uh, who who your friends are and are your friends real? It, it, it's really, it's really cool. I like, even if you decide that maybe you don't want to jump into VR right away, I still think it's worth going back to that yeah. game for that story alone. And it, it yeah. is like 20 hours. It's not like that never ending jump from system to system until you can get to the center when and then, it launched yeah yeah and then i don't know if you guys made it to the center but when you finally make it to the center it's like kind of a letdown okay yeah. i won't say what it is right. but uh um yeah the, the story addresses a lot of that hmm. and i think it's definitely worth playing although i'm curious how the story would play now that there's multiplayer because i think part of what made that story so cool was the fact that you were alone in this giant universe 
Anyway, I think it's going to be my uh, jet lag game next week. Yeah, I'm that's probably a good one. Head home and reinstall. After this, yeah. I'm going to pick your guys' brains as to what what VR I yeah. should uh, I should jump into. I, I think PSVR is is still <laughs> well, one of the reasons why I got the PSVR was one for this game because I was like I just went on a whim. I was like, all right, this is it. This is <laughs> there's enough of a catalog for PSVR where I was like. I, I, I brought one home once. And I played Astrobot. I played Tetris mm-hmm. Effect. Like, those were in itself sellers to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was like, okay, I'm down. Let's try it out. But uh, what, I will, what, what I will say is that PSVR is so easy to set up. Oh, my gosh. It's, so, so easy. Have you messed with a Vive? Have you tried to set I up know. a goddamn yeah. Vive? <laughs> like, Holy 30 shit. times it feels like in this There's office, like, and I hate it oh every time. God. Like, little boxes that need to sit, like, <laughs> seven meters off the ground, but not nine meters. It's like, who has a random shelf that they can put, like, in two different locations, and then, like six square meters of floor space it's just uh, this is a nightmare Walk you gotta around. try the quest the quest is so easy yeah you just put that headset on <laughs> I was you grab your things that. and then it's like yeah. where do you want to play and you draw an area you want to play in and then you're you're in yeah that's it i it's, mean yeah. it's is awesome gorgeous like it's yeah. it's the fidelity is incredible but it's right. just nothing beats the reliability and the ease of of psvr and the fact that nothing is gonna be like buggered you don't have to go through steam vr and have like things be like broken or difficult to set up problems on the PC, which I ran into more often than not when I was messing with it a year or so ago. Um, yeah, I, I gotta get me one of those. I mean, I've got a launch day P- uh, PlayStation 4 that I've spilled coffee on twice, so I feel like PSVR <laughs> might blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's>, yeah, maybe. <laughs> What's funny to think too is like, like it, I guess it goes without saying, but it's so imperative to have good audio. Mm. Like, you don't think about it or appreciate mm-hmm. it as much as you as you would like, but like that's it. Like with No Man's Sky, like just hearing a creature ah! <laughs> behind you, your right ear, you're like, oh shit, that guy's close. <laughs> Let me warp eight hundred feet in front of me. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyways, got to change the subject. Here. Definitely, we've been, we've been going on about VR for a long time. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is Borderlands Three. So there was a story that went up recently. I think VG Forty Seven interviewed. Uh, Chris Brock, who's lead multiplayer, and said, we're not a crunch studio. Uh, I figure we'll get to that eventually, but Jess, you played a ton of Borderlands 3. I did. Um, uh, so yeah, what, what was it like? Tell us all about it. Yeah, so as I said earlier, it's um, it's more Borderlands. The 3 would indicate that. Um, I played like three hours of single player from the very start of the game with Flack, who I believe is a AI robot character. There's four new characters, um, and they're all really interesting. Uh, I think one of the things that I found really interesting because we did get to choose another character later when we got thrown into co-op later into the game is um, the characters are just like have really particular uh, like like loadout sets, like the, the things you can invest in their sort of RPG system. It's like you have... Uh, Flack has like little pets who can like run off and like do stuff for you and engage in combat or just like there's it's actually quite complicated like surprisingly complicated there's like three different very long menus um and then extra things depending on what character you choose but there's no just like stock standard stuff which i think is great because that's the whole point of borderlands is that it's going above and beyond into the shit that other people aren't doing it's like supposed to be absurd it's supposed to be like wild and colorful and it's it's nice to see you need to you can't just pick 
the guy with the sword. It's like there's a guy with all these gadgets that need to be deployed in interesting and complicated ways. Or um, I played a character called Moe's who has this massive mech that you can bring out uh, and you can customize the mech in just like a dozen different ways. Um, I think I really enjoyed it because it's just... It, man, it's it, it's a little bit like mindless fun. Mm-hmm. Like it still has that sort of Borderlands tonal issue or joy, depending on whether or not <laughs> right. you think Borderlands humor is funny. Yeah, it's, it's right. either hit or miss. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's like a mission where you're just like uh, making like a bunch of these like native animals horny, and that's like something <laughs> that's happening. There's another one where it's like. You're like Ice T plays a small plush teddy bear, and then he like who is like it's like he's an AI who's like been trapped in a teddy bear by his angry ex girlfriend, and then he wants to be put back into his old body, but you can't reach the head, so then you just put him where the um, penis would be. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's nope, nope, just gonna go for it. Um, yeah, it, it's look. Oh, oh no, it was it was it was in the uh, the Slack. <laughs> chat we have where we like do <laughs> feedback and it was penis region, penis <laughs> region. <laughs> i liked that phrasing um from aaron uh yeah it's uh they've still got a, a bajillion guns you can travel to other planets now which is pretty interesting I that think, excites me because yeah I, I think later ones they got better at kind of diversifying but i remember borderlands one it was like all right you finish the desert area now let's go to the desert area and once oh you're done with God. that desert area we're gonna go to the <laughs> desert area and it's like all right i get it and i think two really it got better at diversifying that right like there yep. was some like jungly areas but mm. going to different planets sounds pretty exciting yeah, so we got to see one. I think it was called Eden 6. Do go check the preview on GameSpot.com to hmm. double check me on that one. But it, it's like a lush forest planet. Like uh, you just, you never know what you're going to expect from the enemies and stuff. And having played like a lot of games like Division and stuff this year where you know exactly what you're getting pretty much around every corner and from every enemy type, it's nice to be surprised and like, it's just bizarre. It's just off the wall. I think one of my only complaints is like if you're playing with multiple characters, everyone has all this like crazy shit they can do, whether people are bringing down mechs or like throwing their pets in there, or there's just enemies who are like huge robots, like setting off like rave attacks. And it's just like between all of that, it can get really bloody hard to see what's happening. <laughs> like so hard. Like you would just look at the mini map up the top to see where the red dots are so you can aim at those because it's so and just like hope you're gonna hit them oh. uh which uh, is a little complicated i can't imagine playing with four people like or i like think you would handling that on split screen right because it has split screen it does have split but screen. i feel like that oh, would be you would be tough to look at <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we because we got into a boss battle with, with like there was this enormous like glowy robot chick who was like warping all around and sending out little minions and just like between that and playing with eddie it was just like i don't know what's happening i'm just gonna keep shooting yeah. fortunately you can do that and um that's it, borderlands 101 right don't oh, know what's happening just yeah, keep shooting just keep shooting uh but i think there's a, there's a joy in that like i think I, I found it to be sort of a palate cleanser. Well, I mean, the other main game I've been playing is Fire Emblem. It like couldn't be more different from Fire Emblem. Um, but, yeah. But even like a, any other kind of shooter, right? Like yeah. it's it's a palate cleanser. I, I get that. Yeah. And we were talking the other day about how like obviously Borderlands was 
pretty much, if not one of the first games that kicked off Looter Shooters. And it's so interesting to see it come back into what, as you were saying, Dave, is now the fray of Looter Shooters. There's so many of them now and they haven't been in that space for 12 years now. So to to re-enter that and see where they fit, I think is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something I was saying yesterday. I remember when Borderlands 3 got announced and my thought was, what what are you going to improve? Like, what are we going to see different? Because uh, now there's Destiny, there's Division, there's these other players. And I, I was expecting something big. And then what we got was more Borderlands 3. and Or what, what we've seen so far is more Borderlands 3. And actually, I'm pretty stoked about that. Because yeah. I, I know exactly what that is. There's not like a bunch of... I mean, there is grinding and stuff. But it's not the grindy bullshit of like running the same raids over and over again or running the same strikes... Uh, over and over again just to get loot so you can do a raid it seems like it is just a straight up borderlands game where you're getting so much loot you don't even know what to do with it you're constantly changing weapons you're getting all these ridiculous guns uh like just thinking back to borderlands too like the gun where the magazine was a grenade and you'd when you'd reload you'd throw the magazine at an enemy and yeah like like stuff like that i'm very excited for that game. Yeah, I know Aaron was talking about the fact that there's one of the guns he saw in his play session that he picked up that overheats and you just like spray it with a water gun to like <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool it, it down. down. Yeah. I mean, that shit, I, I just feel like there is such, there's still such a niche for a game like that um, in our in our very uh, swamped realm of mm-hmm. muddy gray green shooters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never played a Borderlands game and Watching some of the footage Aaron brought back, the the water gun one was like, oh shit! Like I, I started getting it, yeah. I, I suppose, because I was very turned off. And like I, you know, we talked about No Man's Sky forever. Where like I do like more immersive type games, or like world building, like just like. And I always found found like the whimsical nature and like inconsistency of just jokes, like just throw in a joke here. <laughs> like I never was turned on by it, but like. It, there was the other one that I loved was like so so Flack has a character or like animals right mm, yeah 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 and there was one it was this alien crawler and he, he you would look at it and it would just randomly start banging its head on the ground constantly <laughs> and, and there was like some dialogue that's just like what are you doing <laughs> and it's like the, there's such a funny animation to it where it's like yeah what are you doing and it makes you just like i don't know it just triggers some kind of nostalgia for just like being like a weird ass kid just yeah doing dumb shit and it just made it it kind of just resonated with me in a way like not that i was banging my head on the walls when i was growing up but like <laughs> i i just kind of got it or i was like oh that's pretty f- freaking funny just to, just yeah. to have these things happen around you like i don't know it's it's it seems like entertaining yeah it's yeah. it's loud and juvenile but i think that's i think that's a good thing honestly yeah. i think that the that loud juvenile daft stuff is like a perfect setting for a looter shooter anyway because yeah. i feel like having so many guns in a game is inherently it's hard to take a game seriously when it's like you get the cold tone of destiny or the division but it's also like look you got you got a pink gun now <laughs> right this, this one's <laughs> orange and it shoots fire and you're like yeah but like I'm collecting all this stuff and I'm I'm working so hard for like physical goods, but at the same time it's like, yes, but save Washington. (laughs) (laughs) It's really great that you got a new hat and some new armor, but at the same time, save the world. Yeah. Right. But then Borderlands, it's like, you want like 50,000 guns? You want to see like those little light spikes coming off the ground when you find something cool? Yeah. Great. That's like, that's, that's the perfect environment to go. It's, it's, it's inherently picking up colorful shit 
yeah. yeah. that shoots. I mean, yeah. and that setting's the... the perfect setting for that because <sighs> I don't want to pick up colorful shit when there's like, you know, people. Oh, my child died because he was too cold and the virus came. But at the same time, you're Meanwhile, overhearing that. Meanwhile, you got that. 50 beanies like, in your backpack yeah, like, and like, a bunch of jackets. You're like, oh, can't uh, wait to go recycle that these. Sucks. <laughs> Good luck. That's real bad, but uh, there's a synthetic raid. synthetic string for this. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yes, I Sorry do Sorry about your kid. So much kid, but, you know, got a big LMG here. It's not going to sell itself. But then Borderlands, it's like, yeah, please take all this colorful garbage and have fun with it. And yeah. not, you know, it's not... Oh, I've got an engram. I have to go decode. Yeah. <laughs> Inventory just full of color that isn't fun. Whereas Borderlands is a game full of color that yeah. is fun. I think yeah. one of the main moments I hit when I realized like, ah, oh, this shit's great. is like when you're initially doing the mission to go out into space and you need to like fuel up this car that um, one of the characters gives you. And it's like, it runs on like bio whatever. So just go run over shit. It's like, just go hit 12 things to fuel the car and like come back. And I was like, all right, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So to circle back a little bit though, uh, the reason originally we added this was because that story where that, uh, that, that multiplayer producer was like, we're not a crunch studio. And then he continued to give examples of like, well, there's some people though that, you know, I couldn't tell them to stop working even if even if we forced them to. Um, and yeah, given like how big crunch is in this industry, I thought that was interesting um, to point out. And especially like, I think I, I said this yesterday too. It's like, well, maybe this is why Borderlands took so long. Borderlands 3 took so long to come out because <laughs> it is a no crunch studio apparently, whatever well, that means. The fact that he says this isn't a no crunch studio that's not a statement that should have to be said out loud yeah. Yeah. like it's like a studio shouldn't be a crunch studio if you if you if you're getting into game development and they imagine starting a job like oh yeah this is where the coffee is this is where you'll sit oh by the way we're a crunch studio leave just go <laughs> that's not somewhere that you want to work it's interesting because I was actually going to bring this up. the 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 notes that Sean Murray had on like this this last minute patch that I think I brought up, mm-hmm. I, I did bring that up, right? It, apparently, they all went home and like tested. Like he he had a fat paragraph, and they, they all went home and tested on multiple PC platforms with different graphic cards, like. How he said it was felt casual, but you, I read it and thought. What time of day are they doing this? And I just like sympathize with like those guys going above and beyond. <laughs> very good, very good. I didn't mean to do that, but it, that I guess that was like it resonates with what you're bringing up, which is like crunch and like feeling the need to do that. And I don't know, that just kind of scared me in a way. Where I was like yeah, thinking uh, about it. like they again they listed like all the like we tried it on this lowest setting and then the highest setting on on a 780 or whatever it was like yeah. all these graphic cards they like listed. And I, and I, the preface was we went home and we all individually did this. Like I imagine they're like conditioned to do things like that. I, I like may, even if it doesn't come from above, which it seems like Hello Games, right? It's a pretty small studio. Uh, like probably not a whole lot of management and different elements like pressing down on them necessarily. But considering the backlash they had with that original release, I wonder if it is just in their nature to go home and freak out and make sure everything is working perfectly because they know they that, don't want it again. Yeah, they, they don't want to have to deal with that again. Yeah. So I wonder I wonder if that comes into play at all, right? Because that is a very real consequence of not getting the game right on launch mm. is the fact that hundreds of thousands of people could well maybe not that many, but you know, lots of people will dogpile on you on Twitter, on whatever, if you don't promise or you don't deliver exactly what you promise. 
to the point he he brings up as well that there are people that can't be stopped. I think I think we can all kind of relate to that. That we've all been on projects that are like oh, I'm just I'm just gonna get this bit done. I'm like just gonna Rob's get this bit done. Zelda, April Fool's Zelda project. <laughs> there's there's little bits that you're like I I physically want to get this far in the project or this part mm-hmm. in my work part in my workflow be before I leave. But I, I'm thinking like imagine if you have worked so hard to crunch a game and i i've been i've been in situations where i've been staying late doing doing work like going working too too long and you don't do your best work at that point you no one does you're tired you're, you're frustrated it's it's getting to you imagine pulling those those long 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 stupid work hours then the game comes out and it's like it's it's not what you want it to be mm-hmm. you're getting you're getting shit for it and it's to me that's like that's that's compounding things to make it work worse sorry because you've you've put so much into it and you've caused yourself so much stress but if it's like not crunching you're like like you said it's taken a while to come out that's fine i feel like it's better to to take your time and feel like you're doing it properly and then and if the game still isn't well received at least you're like well i didn't kill myself yeah over it like it's it's a small silver lining but i think that's still a healthier work environment i think it's i think the now that kind of the spotlight is being shone on crunch yeah uh i think it's like getting it's hopefully getting to a healthier point and what i'd really love is for this for them to say yeah we're not a crunch studio and for for borderlands 3 to bang and now mm. it kind of shows that you can make these ex- amazing experiences without being a crunch studio because one part of me feels like he shouldn't have to say this like just crunch should just not exist but the fact that it does exist and he has come out and said we're not a crunch studio it it give it like like i said it i f- i feel like it would be beneficial for the industry for this game to then really do well and show other studios that like you don't have to work this way either like there yeah. is there is a middle ground that that can be done yeah yeah and like as excited as i am for a lot of these games that have had issues with crunch and whatnot i mean like at the end of the day, right, I feel like now there are so many games coming out that when a game gets delayed, sure, I'm bummed, but at the same time, especially this September, this September is packed. There are, like, so many other games yeah. that I could easily sink my time into. But, you know, granted, I don't know, it, when you work full-time, even though we are in this industry, you still kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to play. And people, you know, I remember being in school, right, and it's summer i just burn through like 50 games yeah. play all day every day can't do that now so i you know yeah i see that yeah well let's move on to listener questions um we're gonna start with this first one this is all about fire emblem uh rob you tried fire emblem right <laughs> well no no, no. Th- th- this is good to have you on here because you tried it? it right no i i bought it and i downloaded it okay. and that was as far as i got <laughs> all right well it is both of your first fire emblem so so this will be a good one this comes from what's the title screen like <laughs> <laughs> this comes from mike Mc, mike mcmahon and he says hey also i have never played a fire emblem game but i've always been interested in the series would three houses be an okay starting point for me in the series glad y'all started this i enjoyed the first episode keep it coming uh so like you said this is your first fire emblem i've played quite a few fire emblems at this point i would say this is a good one to jump in with the caveat that there are so many menus there's so many things you have to manage this isn't just straight battle like all the time if that's something you're interested in i would try uh, shadows of valencia or fire emblem echoes shadows of valencia because that one is more just battling however in terms of story in terms of uh like 
plot, you can com- start this. There's nothing you're missing. Each Fire Emblem game is very much in its own world, I guess. That was something I wasn't aware of when I saw like the hype for Three Houses coming out. I was like, oh, this this looks a lot of fun and I'm getting caught up in the hype of it. But, but am I going to have to play 20 years of Fire Emblem? Yeah, it's like, is this like a connected thing? Like, do I'm going to understand the story? And they're like, no, they're all kind of, you know, isolated. Um, but then the gameplay itself was was recognizable. There's little bits here and there that you're like, oh, this is a little bit like XCOM or mm. this is a little bit like this. And and the strategy, for me at least, it was it didn't feel, I didn't feel out of my depth. There was there was definitely parts in kind of like social interaction stuff and in like the first maybe 20% of the game, it does throw quite a lot of information at you. But then f- going from, I've never played Fire Emblem, I don't care about Fire Emblem, like it's not a series that that's on my radar and now i'm like i've got like this is my best girl this is my least favorite girl <laughs> this is the best boy i've got like <laughs> rankings of everything i'm min maxing like my second house to steal all the students i've fully fallen down this weird hole where i'm like yes i am the professor now of all the students of every there's, student there's no other classes <laughs> every every other house is just a husk with two lonely students in there <laughs> and i will crush them <laughs> Damn. I mean, I totally agree. I think um, the only thing that's worth knowing, uh, because obviously the story is not connected, so that's fine. Mm. You don't need to worry about that. All the characters are new. But um, there's just an insane learning curve. It's like it's more of a genre thing than it is like any kind of narrative concern. It's like if you're happy to still be learning things like 30, 40, 50, geez, even like 100 hours into the game, like you'll enjoy this. Like you will probably only just start to feel like you're into the swing of it like 10 hours in. It's worth it. Um, But yeah, you definitely want to be someone who's like into the strategy of it and the min-maxing of it. I personally really enjoy it. I'm playing it the slowest I think anyone's ever played a video game. <laughs> I, I think I'm like a third of the way through and I'm 60 hours in, um, which oh. I'm told is oh God, <laughs> what was great it? pacing. Was it uh, Evan, uh, our intern, who finished it in like 47 hours? Yeah, maybe. He he, he had seen a lot already, so he, he knew how to play because he was cutting all of our tips <laughs> videos. He did all of our sure. tips videos. <laughs> so he said like, yeah, I knew exactly how to play this game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but you bring I know, up a good point. Say, yeah. That's totally it. I mean, we, yeah, we're still making like new guides, like written and video yeah. tips guides. A lot um, of game. Which honestly, like, it's, it's a little... Uh, very JRPG in the way that because I wrote some of these for back when um, Persona came out, the most recent Persona. It's stuff that it, it is kind of good to know. It's not really spoiling you, and it's mm. not um, it, it's not cheats. It's just like, hey, here's things like you might not know about, yeah. like how you can kind of refine the way you play, not like like his stuff they like it's not shortcuts it's sure. just like kind of nice information so anyway go watch our tips video <laughs> <laughs> i know i think no, for sure. the, the most recent one the reason we made that is because there was a huge tip that no one knew about and i think callie spotted it or someone and we we're like we have to make a new video just for this tip we have to like throw some tips together because this is probably one of the most important things and we have we no one knew about it and the other thing to point out with that game is that a lot of that stuff that we do in those tips, the game tells you. It's just the game tells you so much yeah. stuff, especially early on. There are so many pop-ups showing up uh, that after a while, you get to the point, especially me, where I'm just like, skip, 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 skip. I don't care. I just want to play. I just want to play. I just want to play. Mm. And then I realize 10 hours later, like, oh, the game told me that. I just 
forgot. I was on another level. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not going to remember the second tooltip you saw 100 tooltips later. Yeah. At least that's my excuse for not realizing I could rewind tw- time until like 12 hours into the game. And who suffered because of that? <laughs> Dorothea suffered because rest of that. In, rest I'm in peace. sorry, everyone. <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to like... I was say Jess, but it was actually a person. <laughs> no, it was a person. Oh, no. To I mean, fill Jess everyone now. in, Jess R. has R. recruited every single member on her first playthrough, which is very difficult to yeah. do, except Dorothea, because Dorothea died. <laughs> so here's the thing. Not only did she die, because I'm completely new to, to the series, sick. the franchise, it. everything. And I, I, I'm i playing on um, permadeath mode, normal perm- permadeath. Oh, wow. Um, but like you can you can rewind time and you can just like reload. And I'm I'm a person who uses like if I'm given unlimited save slots, like I think my Skyrim save has like 500 different. I'll always save in different locations. Like I'll oh just yeah, keep you only saving, have five saving. in Fire Emblem. You only have five. It's uh, anyway. <laughs> but here's the problem: I didn't quite realize what had happened because there are a few practice battles where your characters don't die, and they didn't they don't make a big song and dance when your character dies. So they're just like, oh, sorry, I guess I better sit this one out. Sorry to have failed you. You don't really realize. And they still show up in the monastery And they still show up in the monastery. So I wish I just assumed, oh, she's fine. And because of how slow I'm playing, (laughs) I mean, she's there. She just won't talk to me. I can't teach her. She won't accept any of my gifts. But yeah, basically. What's going on with her? Oh, my gosh. But then shoving gifts to a dead body. (laughs) Come on. What's wrong? Take the songstress poster. (laughs) I know you want it the guide told me you did you smell weird (laughs) but yeah it's like um because of how slowly i'm playing the next time i got into battle and realized i couldn't take her out i was like is this a glitch like what's going on but it was like it was like a dozen hours later and i was just like didn't have a save by that point because i save in different locations so i save every three minutes in a different location so i didn't even have a save from way way back then and i was just like i guess this is my life now i did maintain it was a glitch for a long time i kept telling everyone the game had just like messed me up and i was like i don't know what happened guys it it must be uh, you know it's not on my end i can tell you that much yeah i think ed messaged me one day and he's like hey ask Jess, what happened to Dorothea? <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, a glitch. It's this. so weird. That's so funny. God, it's, it's just, oh, I'm the shit. worst person for this to happen to because I need everything to be perfect. Like that's why I have all the students and I'm playing so slowly and it's this huge blight on my record. Uh, this like poor dead student who now like doesn't talk to me or look at me. The professor who just like lost someone on a field trip. Yeah, yeah. like the yeah. first field trip. They should have fired me. The, the one that's just in the backyard too. Yeah. Where it's like... And then spends in game what like months just denying. Because <laughs> there's a there's an option. No, she's that not dead. You can turn <laughs> spirits off because that's what they 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 are. Oh. So if you turn spirits off, they stop appearing. I didn't even know that was game. a thing. That is another that tip. We got to make another video. So I, <laughs> shit. I saw someone post on Reddit where like they obviously didn't do so hard and they lost all their students. So they're just like the monastery was just like a ghost town. <laughs> Just no one was there. Oh. Like everyone's just like died in one battle. But the <laughs> I can't fact even progress. It's just you. The fact that Dorothea still exists <laughs> She's is like. But like her dialogue is current too. It's not like she regurgitates the same lines. It's like we'll go out to like the school <laughs> dance, which like she died like fucking like nine months ago, <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, kid, oh man, have you chosen who's gonna be the dancer for the dance?" But you can't ask her because she's gone. <laughs> so she's just like, "Well, let me know. Get back." 
back to me. So that's even more haunting. Answer me. <laughs> the stick. It's like it's not even that she's dead. It's just that you've betrayed her trust so intensely <laughs> that she just refuses to like be with you, be at your back. We said yesterday it'd be it'd be cool if you um if you like got a student killed. They were like, ah, screw you. I'm gonna join another house. You see, and like roll up yeah. in the golden deer, yeah. all different colors, just like and flipping you off every they, time you like a vengeance for you. So whenever you do the mock battles, or whatever, they're just coming right for you. Like you betrayed me. Sick. But no, she's just dead, Jess. Yeah. You killed her. So dead. <laughs> was it? Was it literally Sorry. the first battle against it was those the bandits? Fir- yes, because I definitely <laughs> thought it was a practice battle. And obviously, she's squishy because she's um, a magic user. Mm. So I don't. I just bloody. I was like, ah, oh, it's okay. Like, it's a. Pro- I'll just like play with her later. And then I got to the monastery. She's there. I'm like, there's no problem. So otherwise, I would have loaded. <laughs> now it's a read. I, but there was a problem. But, that that is, but there a, was a problem. That is such a good story. Just like day one, just dragging <laughs> this dead body around. Like, why aren't you fighting? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Weekend at Bernie's, but trying to cast magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny as well. Oh, well, Mike McMahon, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play the game. It's a lot of fun. Don't kill Dorothea. Be um, careful. Rob, I have a question for you. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, I saw it uh, last weekend. You did see it. You guys haven't seen it. So we yeah. talked about it last week, and someone had a question about it. And we talked about it a little bit, uh, but I think I might save this question for next week when okay. Lucy and Callie are back <laughs> on it. I was hoping you'd say no, and then that would be like a good reason. Uh. Um, one thing, one thing to mention though, because last week you uh, were talking about the whole weird Quentin Tarantino feet thing, right? We were talking about that um, along, yeah. So, yeah, there was and a lot I was, of that. I was in a bar last night, and Jackie Brown was on the TV. Same, uh, same deal. Yeah, I, there was yeah. just like I just glanced. I was just getting a whiskey at the bar, and I glanced up, and there was just close up of goddamn toes. Yeah, I mean, the Kill <laughs> Bill's you, like that too. Yeah. Or have you ever seen? Um, God, no. This is this is the kicker. Is uh, have you ever seen? Damn it! What's that vampire movie called that he did? Oh he wrote, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dust Till Dawn. Have you ever no. seen that movie? No. He wrote it, well, right? And he he acted in. Oh, he was at. He acted, yeah, yeah, but in, he didn't direct it. Right. Is this the spit thing? No. Well, there's a scene where um, I'm so bad with uh, uh, what's her name. Um, famous actress. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Latina. Her name is. Uh, anyway, Hayek. Hayek. Yes, some, 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 Hayek. Some, some Thank Hayek. you. She is stripping on a stage and she pours like tequila on her leg into uh, off her foot into Tarantino's mouth and he like oh licks God. her foot. So okay. If, I heard that, if, if you yeah. want that, that that's it. There's your goalpost <laughs> on his fetish. It's like I just always think about that. Oh, like, uh, what? God. So the question is about this is from uh fl style <laughs> on twitter uh his name is liam uh he asked it, it's a very long question uh said a lot of nice things about GameSpot and how he uh hasn't been uh hasn't been a huge GameSpot fan since the final days of jeff gertzman uh but he's been watching our e3 coverage and our evo coverage and he's been saying doing a great job but he was curious about what we thought about um uh the the rendition of bruce lee in the film uh oh which I kind of want to wait until next week to talk about to yeah. have Lucy and Callie on because both of them were on the first episode and we talked a little bit about that. Um, so don't worry, Liam. We will get back to this question, um, but we might skip over it now just because you two haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> and we went on a weird foot tangent again. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we did get the, we did get the Tarantino content out there. <laughs> foot fetish stuff. Also, other weird thing. I mentioned the spit thing. I Yeah, what exactly? Apparently, there's a... F- I think it's one of the Kill Bills. Yes. Where, he, where is it the lady with the eye patch gets 
spit on or something? No. Or is it Uma Thurman? Uma Thurman spits. She. It's in the first one where I think she's. So the you know the the famous bride mm. murder scene, right? Where she was the bride and she mm. she spits. I think on the cop who they're like they're looking over a dead body. They she's it presumably might be a, dead. a different scene because okay, I think I think it's a sp- oh people spit on her. It's someone spits on a female character, yeah. and apparently Quentin Tarantino insisted on being the spitter <gasps> yes, because I no one else would get that. it right. Yeah. Oh, and then in Inglorious Bastards, he insisted on being the hands to to choke the uh, double agent when she's uh, getting her shoe put back on. Oh. Quentin, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> right I, into the show. <laughs> that's about, that's about, I don't know. I, I, for the record, I really like Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but that scares me. <laughs> There's also a lot of feet in that. Anyway, you covered this last episode. I wasn't here. I was just... Oh my God, there are feet in that. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole shoe thing. Yeah. Where he's like, put the... Uh, you can't see it. But where he's like, put your, feet, your foot right on my leg. <laughs> anyway, Chris from uh, Dayton, Ohio says, Hey guys and gals, love the first episode. Given you're a new podcast and I personally have not the slightest clue who you all are, what are each of your chosen genres? Do you have any games that you return to regularly? Or do you have a specific type of game that you're guaranteed to play whenever a new one releases? Uh, I think there's another question we're going to come back to. Or we'll still do it this week, but I think it's a good one to come back to since the cast will be rotating here and there. Um, but Dave, why don't you start? What kind of games are you into? Um, genres? I'm a big shooter fan. Big strategy fan. I play a lot of strategy games. Um, they're one of those things that like... I like to just watch like my cities grow or something like uh, simulator games as well. Um, I play the game that I go back to quite a lot is Dark Souls. <clears throat> so I play through that game so many times, so many different ways. I find that quite in a weird punishing way, relaxing just because I'm so familiar with it. Um, but then like the other end of the spectrum, a game that I'll go back to if I just like need to to, to relax and, and chill is Katamari. And I just got re-roll for the Switch, and that is still like such a banger. Yeah. Soundtrack's amazing. Like sometimes you just want to be. It's it's just it's just a weird zen thing of like I just want to roll shit up. I just want to be that weird little prince and and find like pens and and mm. bits of sweet corn to stick to my weird nodule ball. But it is a game <laughs> that like like being on the London Underground and like, I'm playing my Switch. And there's been a few games that I've noticed like. I might make a ranking of games that have got me the weirdest looks mm-hmm. because like Smash Bros, people are like, it's a fighting game. Yeah, I'll just go back to reading my paper. <laughs> what are you doing with the Katamari? <laughs> Play- it's because that one just looks bizarre. Yeah. Um, but the one that has got me the weirdest looks is that um, I-, I won't do a tea time during my commute anymore. Oh, yeah. Because like sometimes we're just like doing a Fire Emblem tea time. And, oh yeah! Like, trying oh, to does it look? So I have nothing. I have no idea what you're talking. Trying about. like charm these yeah, like it's pretty awkward. Ladies. So it's like is you're it provocative. It's not just really. Like no, no, no. Ultra close up of like the whatever character you are having tea okay. with, okay. and then you like pick a tea, and then there's a couple of topics, and you have to pick the topic. Like they'll yeah. be about like your first, uh, your first, your first battle, or your allies you trust, or the boys in the monastery, or something like that. And you pick, and one of those topics will interest them, and they'll be very excited. Or you'll pick one that doesn't interest them, and they'll be like, I'm out. Bye. But it is a very weird, like, you're controlling, you know, your weird topic. Kind of looks like a dating simulator. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, some of the characters, it looks 
stranger with, but then when there's like the like if you're with Bernadette and she's like it's just cute coy anime yeah. girl and you're like I got the damn topic wrong. <laughs> now she hates me and just like shaking your switch controller. So I'm like I'm gonna I, I can play the battles and some of this stuff mm. on the commute, but it's uh, I mean it's still a great time. But um to the last point, uh, any game that I'm guaranteed to play because I'm such a Warhammer nerd. If a Warhammer game ever comes out, I'm directly all over it. You're there. For like yeah. for better or worse, there's they're then they're not all great. They're not not all bangers. Yeah. Like I spoke to some of the games workshop guys E three last year. And I think like anyone who plays Warhammer games or in the Warhammer community will will, you know, admit that they've not all been shining. because um, they used to just kind of give out the license to anyone who who wanted it. Um but they said they're like cutting back, like we want to kind of vet who gets the the franchise, who's going to make a game to kind of level that quality versus quantity thing. So the ones that have come out re- recently have been really good. There's like a four X tabletop, not tabletop four X, um, like strategy almost Civ game that's set on like a hostile alien planet, and you're trying to like defend your base. That's a lot of fun. Um, like I still love playing Space Marine again. Um, but that is like the nerd franchise I am so directly ingrained into that whenever the the number 40,000 drops on like a Steam page, I'm like, yes, give me that nerd shit. Mm. <laughs> How about you, Jess? Um, I grew up mainly not outside and mostly <laughs> playing some amalgamation of Heroes by Magic games, Age of Empires, ton of um, old school LucasArts and European adventure games. Um, these days, I, I would say the main thing I play is RPGs. Uh, anything Bethesda makes, anything Bioware makes is pretty much my jam. Anything? Uh, well, uh, look, <laughs> <laughs> I gave Andromeda a red hot go. I gave it 12 hours of my life. And yet all these boring ass NPCs want to tell me like, this is the reason I came to Andromeda. And I was like, I don't care. Can I recruit you? Then I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that game. Um... Uh, an anthem not anthem actually people okay so i swear that i did this for a good reason but i recently did a video feature uh on gog galaxy yeah um the the 2.0 version which is um really beautiful and if you want to check it out video on games i'm gonna keep plugging shit Um, (laughs) but there was a bit where i'm talking about the fact that you can hide games oh you did okay so i have two copies of anthem because i have an early access version yeah and i have like the other version uh but i i zoomed in and it happened to be at the very end of the row because i had them like in their beautiful like boxes not in a a happy accident type thing so all you can see in the video and it's the top comment is me like yeah. Right clicking on Anthem and saying hide game, and everyone's just like <laughs> golf clap. And I was like, I wasn't actually trying to burn Anthem, but that's funny. It's uh, that's what happened. Um, it knows what it did anyway. Uh, I think the game, the game I keep coming back to, um, just to make myself sound like a real, real gamer girl, it's probably The Sims. Um, uh, but I, I don't play it like. Like a dollhouse, I play it like, like a this is person. a rigid min-maxing factory of you achieving the head of your career. Like this isn't about like building happy families or like finding love. This is about achieving goals. You get your ass out there and you make a living. Yes, but oh, like God. truly, that's one of the best. I don't know if you guys have played like 
three and four, there's a lot of like people have they have like short and long term goals. Like it's basically an RPG. There's like stuff to achieve at every point and there's a way to achieve it. But it's like I don't like I never let it sit on normal speed. I'm just constantly like on three speed, just like queuing up shit to do. It's it's basically a strategy game. <laughs> no free will. No free will. I'm I love suddenly it. terrified if you ever get into politics as you get older. <laughs> yeah, everyone who's seen me play The Sims is just like, what are you doing? Sims 4 Gulag Edition. Anyone plays it. <laughs> See, how I played Sims was I just like have him use the bathroom and then delete the door and be like, ha, you're in my prison now. Yeah. <laughs> Jake I mean, Decker's piss prison. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're going to rename the podcast? <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Piss prison. Uh, we are kind of running out of time, but Rob, <clears throat> yeah, let's hear what you got. Uh, I, all I will say is that I used to really love open world games where you could just do whatever you want. Immersive. But immersive, yeah. Used to. You just chatted religious about No Man's Sky. Yeah, that well, is the most open world of open world games. Let me finish. Can I finish? <laughs> The the thing I would say is it's just like good open world games, right? So it's just like I've I've had too many open world games where I feel like you know uh, when I first started I was covering Daisy as a horrible oh, example yeah. of mm-hmm. like a game where it was like I literally did like I think maybe like five or six videos and it was just the like, standalone, not the mod. The standalone, yeah, oh. I know. And I remember thinking, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like there's no progression in that game. You just start yeah. and you die, and you put. Oh, I have every awesome item in the game, and then I get sniped and I'm dead. And then you think that was that was about ten hours, <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> what did I just do? Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I really like, yeah, I like I like the immersive stuff where I can, like, get lost. So that goes with, like, RPGs or anything like that as well. Um, but I'm a, I'm a huge sucker for sci-fi and, like, again, world-building type stuff. Um, and Breath of the Wild, I think, is one of my favorite games of all time, if not the favorite. Never knew that about you. How much time have you got in, the Breath, of, in Breath of the Wild now? 700 hours. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. See, I'm going to turn that part up really loud so everyone can hear that. 700. Both both of you will like hate me for different reasons because I'm literally I, I got to the the last battle in Witcher Three turned it off never played it again, I got to the last battle in Breath of the Wild turned it off never played it again. Yeah, that's a bummer. I it's almost so did. Weird. I almost well, it makes sense because it's you know what it is. It's 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 a tough problem to solve where you you did it you saved the world. How do you go back from that? Yeah. It was, so the solution is just ro- roll back that save to right before, and yeah. that's the turnoff. And it, it was, I remember playing Breath of the Wild, and I got there, and I was like, well, I guess I'll just turn. It's literally like a, I guess I'll turn around and not yeah, do it's a, it's a fear the of finishing. goal one that was set from the yeah. first hour or 30 minutes of the game. It's weird. There's so, so much that, to do in both those games. I'm like, I don't want this to end. Yeah, but then in a right. weird way, it does end because I fall off it. That, yeah. That's why. Yeah. That, that's how I fell off of uh, Breath of the Wild because I finished Breath of the Wild, thinking that I'd go back and do all these things I missed, and I didn't. And I really, really, really wish that I didn't fight Ganon. I wish I did everything I wanted to do before I went to fight Ganon because mm-hmm. that definitely. After that, I was like, "All right, dude, I'm done. Time to move on." But not for you. No, it, it's <laughs> honestly the game there, and that's what I think is so hard to distinguish is the side quests in that game are so well done and they're so not i mean in in comparison like I, and i guess this is where i'm going at like open world games is like something like ubisoft games where 
it really was like a breath of fresh air, not to use that goddamn <laughs> word breath, but it's so true. It's like with Ubisoft stuff where it's just like, here's a map, here's littered with the same cut and paste stuff where yeah, checklists, checklist stuff, and you look at it and you go, this is this is 200 hours. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming. And Breath of the Wild is just like, no, it's pure exploration. And that's where I think also kind of ties in with No Man's Sky, where it's like, yes, I have some checklists here and there, but I can at least feel, have experiences of my own, I Yeah, you you have to put something in in order to get that reward. Well, not not just Ubisoft games, but a lot of open world games. Right when you start, they want to let you know like you can do this you can do this you can do this you can do this here's all these lists of things you should collect and quests you should do and people you should talk to while breath of the wild is much more natural yeah it's cool it's a it's a cool game uh i guess for me um i would say kind of like rob i play a lot of rpgs um and like what jess was saying lots of bioware um i love i love the elder scrolls uh mostly because of the mod community at this point uh, I can't play Skyrim anymore. I can't play Skyrim anymore. But the mods, the mods are still great. And there's some really cool mods coming up that I'm always, I always jump back in for that. Um, the Witcher is another game that I seem to always find myself replaying. Um, but I think the biggest one to answer that question of games that we come back to, uh, it's got to be, it's got to be the Smash Bros games. Uh, I, from every single Smash Bros game, I've probably at least put in 200 hours in each of those. Probably more, uh, I think. This new one is probably my least played, which I guess makes sense because it just came out because I'm at almost 200 hours. But that is a game that I will play consistently until the next game comes out. And when the next game comes out, I'll shelf that one and just focus on the new one. We were saying yesterday, I I said that um, the Switch is like the first Nintendo console I've had Mm -hmm. since uh, a Game Boy Color. So I'd never played a Smash game until Ultimate. So it it was fascinating seeing like the the how connected people were to these games because it's yeah. stuff that so many people have have grown up with yeah it's but, one of the like 64 is one of the first ones i played that's but, the only one i played was, or first was games original 64 yeah it did make me terrified because everyone was like yeah let's have tournaments we'll play at lunchtime so i remember on uh, the weekend it was released i bought it in secret and didn't tell anyone the uk team and like practiced at home so i could roll up monday and like, not get absolutely pasted against the wall Smart. But now I now I look now I'm like you know it's instantly like I'm a lifelong Smash fan now I love it yeah I, and I really hope with Ultimate I mean it's called Ultimate I don't know how you're gonna follow that up I hope they just keep adding characters keep balancing mm. that and use that more as a platform which is normally not what I'd want especially from a Nintendo game but they're at the point where they've fine tuned this form like I don't know I don't know what you'd improve change at this point I'm sure if you really want to get into it there are things that could be changed or adjusted or whatever but I I really hope they just stick with Ultimate whatever the next Nintendo console, port that with new characters, new stages, and just keep building off that because it is such a solid base. And it's something that the other games, except for Melee, people would argue, haven't necessarily nailed. Like when Brawl came out, Brawl was, Brawl was a disappointment for many reasons. It was still like it was still a fine game. Lots of fun characters, lot of, lots of fun moments, but it was lacking in terms of Super Smash Bros. And Wii U was great, but it was missing some characters. And I don't know, it, it was missing a... That that feeling, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, but I, yeah, there's so many good things I have to say about the newest one, and I really hope they just continue to support that game. Well, now that all the partnerships that Nintendo has with other developers, there's like such a slew of characters they could add in. Like yeah. we were chatting in the UK office, like Banjo is obviously incredible. Joker was super cool to mm. see. 
Like, imagine Solaire in Smash. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Mason pitched having Leon Kennedy in Smash. That would be perfect. Yeah. In Resident Evil 4. Yeah. They already have, they already have Snake. They have They've Snake. They've already got the gun shooting They've got guy. Joker. He's got a gun. Like, give Leon, like, a chainsaw, his, like, combat knife, like, a little big magnum. It works so well. And like you said, I, I hope that the fighter pass, that the... the the groups of characters that we know, like, the th- is it three more now that we, we should be more, getting? Yeah, it's Banjo and then two unannounced. Yeah, I hope they, you know, come out and be like, and here's five more. And mm-hmm. keep going with that. Yeah. Also, Sakurai would probably love that if he didn't have, because I feel like every time that guy interviews, he's he's like, I'm, this is, this is killing me. This is a <laughs> lot. And that would probably help him a lot if instead of rebuilding a new game every four or five years, it was sure. building off that one game. Yeah. Um, we do have some more questions. I don't think we have time to go through them. Uh, one from Errol, who has a good Pokemon one, which I figure would be best to save when Callie's here. And then one from Michael Villarreal. Uh, I'm just calling you guys out to know that, no, we haven't forgotten you. Uh, we'll get to those um, in the coming weeks. But, Dave, where uh, can they find you? And do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at IrregularDave, for shitty memes and uh, me talking about Warhammer. Uh I have something extremely cool coming up. Like people have said that they've not seen me in features for a while. It's because I'm working on some very cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell you what it is just yet, but stay tuned. Like around October time, if you're someone that likes cool badass video game weapons, you are gonna love it. So see you in October. <laughs> Sick, Jess. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jess McDonald and many other places. Should you want to find me there? Not my house, though, maybe. Um, and uh, I have, yeah, lots of things in the works. I got a review next week, a feature. Can't talk about what the review is, but you'll see it if you if you come around. And um, yeah, always always working on little bits and pieces. Awesome. Rob? Uh, you, you just hit me up on Robert Handlery on Twitter, and that's about it. I, I, <laughs> I uh, unfortunately don't make as many videos as... I have in the past, but that's cool. You guys, you guys do all the great work for us. <laughs> Thanks, man. And you can find me at Jacob Deck. Uh, and of course, make sure to send in your questions at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com. As you can see, we didn't have time to get through all of them, but keep them coming. Uh, we'll try to get to most of them uh, as these episodes roll on. Anyway, thank you all for listening. See you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.